And welcome to the Hometown Headlines podcast today. John Drucker Miller with you from HometownHeadlines.com. Talking about a subject that never goes out of style in northwest Georgia. Politics is always 24-7, but don't worry, we're not going to do politics today. Although we could with our guest. We will go instead into something far more critical, and that's pigskin. We are joined right now by our community expert, and really a North Georgia expert, if not a Georgia expert, on high school sports, high school football, Mr. John McClellan. John, good morning, sir. Good morning, John. Thank you for being here today. We're talking about high school football. You're thinking, okay, wait a minute, we're in dead week. This is the time of year where, you know, really there is no high school athletics supposed to be going on here. But, I mean, John, you know far better than me. Come next week, later, mid-July, mid I mean, it's football season in northwest Georgia. Yeah. I mean, all summer long, it's those voluntary summer workouts, uh, except during dead week. Uh, this, I mean, this is the dead week where where that can't even be the voluntary workouts or anything. And, in fact, I talked to a mother of a, a football local football player this morning, and she was saying, you know, this is the one week they have off. But next week they'll get right back into it with the workouts and then go into the formal practices, then preseason scrimmages and another regular season. It's here. No, it's funny, and it happens so fast. You keep thinking to yourself, you know, okay, so here it is, end of December. We have been to the, you know, wherever they play the playoffs nowadays, whatever it is, so we're done. Not really. I mean, it's like it's a year-round thing except, of course, for this year. Conditioning, training, you know, we can't call it recruiting, but, I mean, you know, there are people who do – talk about football and you know maybe i can go here and transfer here but there's all kind of, we won't get in those rules today that that's a that's a that's a red tape that's a whole that, other oh yeah topic we have although we have one i think we both have one favorite i still can't figure out how quickly that happened week to week but let's talk about 2019 high school football season we had a pretty good season here locally not quite as good as we've had uh for all the northwest georgia schools we're going to stay mostly on floyd county schools, roman floyd county schools today but, John, number one, let's talk about changes. I mean, there, there are head coaching changes across the board. Three head coaching changes in northwest Georgia. One here in Floyd County's at model. Ricky Ross came in um, succeeding Gordon Powers at model, stayed one year. Um, and he's back at Sonoraville as an assistant. And Jeff Honeycutt is coming in. Uh, of course, Jeff Honeycutt is well-known to Floyd Countyans. His dad, Lynn Honeycutt, was coach at Pepperell for – for years, and and also served a couple of years at model as head coach. Jeff most recently last year was on the coaching staff at Cartersville, but he's been on the coaching staff at a number of schools in Floyd and Polk counties. He's a well-experienced assistant, and uh, the community has uh, welcomed him with open arms up there Good. at model. Uh, the model program had been reasonably successful, had taken a dip the last year or two, um, that happens. You, you're going to lose talent. That's exactly. And, people, um, people don't realize that sometimes. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, coaching is a big part of it, but you still got to have talent there. Uh, but model's not going to be down forever. That's the the one coaching change in Floyd County. But there are a couple of others locally, and the big one in Northwest Georgia, Hal Lamb at Calhoun, uh, been there since 1989. Uh, I'm sorry, since 1999 as a head coach there, uh, and to show his impact, Calhoun back at, between 1950 and 1953 had won four straight region championships, one state championship. But from 1953 until Hal Lamb came in 1999, they had won one region title. 
1995. No, they had some decent football teams in there. Ken Smallwood's 1968 team was real good. Calhoun had some really good teams in the in the 90, early 90s there. Uh, but one region championship. Hal Lamb came in 1999, 2001. They started. They have won 18 straight region championships. That's amazing. And the last time they lost a region game was to Darlington in the middle of the 2001 season. I mean, that is just phenomenal. Lincoln County had that record for most region championships over in East Georgia area, but Calhoun broke that uh, last year, and um, I don't see it ending anytime soon. Clay Stevenson's coming in. Uh, he play, He actually played for Hal Lamb in Lamb's first coaching job at Upson Lee. Uh, and uh, he'd been on the staff at Calhoun for 15 years as an assistant, so he knows the system. Uh, most, of the co- most of the coaches are still taking, staying intact there uh, with another hire to Barry Hall, who had been the offensive line coach at Rome the last few years, has gone to be a part of that staff. Barry's from Calhoun, and he and his wife – wanted to get back home, and uh, he actually played at Gordon Central, but they still wanted to get back to Calhoun, and they're doing it, and I don't see anything ending. The other uh, coaching change was a little surprising at Gordon Central. Corey Nix had come in a couple of years ago and had begun to rejuvenate a program that had just been down for ever, uh, but he was let go, and T.J. Hamilton, a former Gordon Central star player who was on the staff at Gordon Central, has been promoted to head coaching job. But those are the three head coaching changes one more too right joey king oh right i forget i forgot him i forgot that joey king uh left cartersville also uh, and that is a big change too and again they promoted from within that was a surprise move he went over to coastal carolina as a position yeah, coach yeah okay. I, I don't know why i just totally forgotten about joey king no i think people are still surprised yeah. by it i mean no one's no one saw that one coming because he had come in there he was he had Joey had been one of the two finalists for the head coaching job at Carrollton. He didn't get it. So he came to Carswell and took over that job, and um, and he has just been uh, phenomenal three-state championships in the four years. He did a great that, job. That he and he's now, of course, like I said, a coastal, car, coastal, a coastal Carolina, Carolina yes. position coach there. Of course, a new coach rose up from the ranks there. So and Carswell, you know, they should be okay, although Cedartown um, – Sandy Creek uh, are pretty tough in that region. And LaGrange has been really down for the last two or three years. But LaGrange and Troop are going to make their comebacks one of these years in that region. Uh, but th- those are coaching changes. Those are the coaching changes. And also looking at things, the whole system out there, again, we are going to see football start here. The season, the statewide season, make sure I'm not wrong on this. Starts August 22nd at Barron Stadium. Yes. Um, Georgia High School Association season starts August 22nd with the Corky Cal Classic. Same doubleheader as last year. Calhoun and Ridgeland will kick off around 5.30 that afternoon. And Rome and Marietta will play after that. And then most of the schools will start their regular season the next night. Some are, Some will be the next weekend before they start. Uh, now, the Georgia the GICAA, the Georgia Independent Christian Athletic Association, they're actually starting their regular season the weekend before that. That's right. And Unity Christian will will open up on the 16th, hosting the Oak School out of Opelika, Alabama. It's a school that just opened last year. 
first-year football program uh, because they got to turn around and play defending state champion Peachtree Academy the next week. So I guess the Oaks is a good – I should get know your this. Feet wet. Let me know if I'm wrong or not. Now, is Unity still – is it 7-7 seven, seven, or are they back to 11? No, they're they're back eight-man football. They're, eight eight, eight, they're, they're still in the eight-man football okay. league with the GICAA. Okay. Uh, GICAA divides theirs into an 11-man football and eight-man football. All right. So Whereas everything in the Georgia High School Association – and the Georgia, uh, everything in GHSA is 11-man football. And one more change real quick before we get into the, get into the heart of the matter here. Um, and I heard this uh, officially. Uh, you had picked it up earlier. Um, the Georgia School for the Death will not field a team. They will not field year. a football team this year. They just don't have enough. Well, the enrollment there is fairly small, and they do not have enough players to field it. I first saw that on a oh, – a site that I rely on to get information on them and their opponents called Death Sports Digest. And uh, and it was talking about compiling the schedules. They said, well, we've got most of the schedules of this year. And then they included a paragraph in there that Georgia School of the Deaf would not build a football team this year but hopes to do it again next year. Uh, Tennessee School for the Deaf, who always went a powerhouse, had to do that two years ago. Wow. Uh, they they shut down their program for a year but came back last year and uh, sometimes it's just a matter of numbers when you're talking about a a small school there Uh, again they generally play eight-man football but even even that takes bodies sure you gotta have you gotta have someone eight man on the field Still gotta go both ways. You still gotta have you know replacements for injuries, and and, and they invo- and their schedule obviously involves a lot of travel. I mean, there was there was a time close to thirty years ago where they where they pretty much played a region schedule and played local teams. But in recent years, they pretty much play other schools for the deaf. Occasionally, a smaller uh, private or public school, but they tr- but they travel to Louisiana, North Carolina. Oh yeah, that's got to be something else. South Carolina, Tennessee, and those schools likewise have to travel here. That's that's a lot of travel out there. So a little change there though. GSD not with the team this year. Host to be back next year. So all that said, we have you know this the season like I said starting with Unity on the uh, the sixteenth, sixteenth, and, and then we come in the following Thursday with the uh, Cookie Cow Classic Day One of the three days, uh, and then the next night our Murchie, Coosa, uh, Darlington, uh, Model, and Pepperell all open the next week along with most of the other schools in Northwest Georgia. Let's talk about all of them. What do you What do you see? What's that? What's the uh, the crystal ball of John McClellan see about high school football? Well, this year? Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with seven five A. Um, you know, you got to look at. I know Rome lost some major talent last year. I mean, you don't lose a Knox Kadem yep. and a Jemias Griffin and a Xavier Roberts Donaldson and a Marquise Glanton and some of these other players without. But there's other talent. But but there was a lot of talent coming back. That offensive line is still relatively intact from last year, and these are offensive linemen who two of them have already committed to Division One yep. schools. Uh, at least one more has Division One offers. Uh, you've got other other players returning from those years. You've got players like Nick Burge who has played largely just exclusively defense for the last two years. But everybody forgets that three years ago in that state championship game against Buford at the Georgia Dome, 
when uh, Sox got hurt in the second round of the playoffs, and then Jemias Griffin went down in the first half. Nick Burge was a ninth grader, went in there at running back and carried that ball time after time. He's going to be in there with some other talent at running back. Uh, they've got they've got four or five kids in there who can carry the weight at running back. Um, uh, they've got a new quarterback coming this year who will be a junior who's uh, showed some promise, showed some real talent in the spring game, and. Uh, so I look Rome to be very good. Now Carrollton is also going to be very good. Carrollton has a lot of Division One prospects. Kale is going to be probably better than they were a year ago. And you can't can't ever, never can count East Paulding, Paulding County. Some of those out. Uh, some of the other schools, Villarica, Hiram, have some work to do, but that's at that level. Uh, quite a level. You can't. I've already mentioned Carsville is still going to be Carsville. Uh, Joey King may be gone, but Carsville still got a lot of talent, a lot of tradition there. Cedartown is really poised to challenge them this year, and Troop County is probably poised to challenge them this year. And Sandy Creek is never out of things at all. Talk about Cartersville. Of course, everybody has soon when Trevor Lawrence left. I mean, here's your superstar quarterback, and the guy is fantastic. I think he had a pretty good year last year at Clemson, too. Yeah, I think he did. He had a I think he did, winning the national championship like he that. He did great. But everybody kind of thought, okay, you know, there goes Trevor Lawrence. There's your thoroughbred stud, you know, kind of like the Knox Kadem syndrome here with Rome. Cartersville got pretty pretty deep to the playoffs last year. Yeah, and, and, the, and they'll keep going. Yep. They'll keep going. Seven double A, Rockmart last year. Of course, Rockmart just excelled in everything last year, sports wise. They had great baseball season. They had a great baseball season, basketball season, tennis season. Uh, They had a very good football season. I mean, winning the region in football, and Rockmart has a lot of returning talent on on that team. And um, you know, there there are four Floyd County schools in that region. But you've got to look at Rockmart as the favorite. No, I mean, they given their background, especially. What did they finish last year as? They were um, they were in top ten, I think, almost the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Rockmart was a great football team last year. Uh, as far as challenging them, uh, Chattooga, Coosa are poised to challenge them. Uh, and then somebody else is going to rise up out there. Uh, model. You know, who knows whether they're still a year away. Our Murchie's program may not have looked better as far as their record was concerned last year, but our Murchie continued to take steps forward, and there's a lot of excitement up there in I'm, our Murchie. I'm glad you mentioned that. that. You know, program. Like you, I follow a lot of these things on Facebook or, you know, on Twitter, and I have been impressed. Our Murchie is one of the most consistent in terms of, I, I'm a, you know, in the business world, we call it brand awareness. But, I mean, I see more stuff coming out of our Murchie recruiting, getting the kids to play the younger football stuff, whatever it is. I mean, they're looking like, you know, what was it, Charles Smith, what they did years ago here in Rome with the sixth-grade kids, got them in the system. I mean, you're seeing kind of a little bit of that up there now in our Murchie. You know, Jeremy Green makes good use of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, you know, whatever like that. And it's always positive, upbeat. And there's a lot of fan support behind the yep. Murchie program uh yeah talent wise they've 
they've lagged behind the last few years, and that happens. But there's there's a lot of enthusiasm there. Pepperell, you can never count Pepperell yep. out. Uh, never count Pepperell out. Uh, again, that is another school that just has enormous fan support, week in and week out, regardless of how they're doing. Uh, and I think I mentioned Gordon Central earlier. Dade County is somebody we forget about because they're sort of stuck up there. Far corner of the uh, state. Uh, yeah. Far corner of the state. But you get past Rockmark this year, and it's and it could be a wide-open region as to the next three playoff Spot, That's important because there will be there will be four of them in the region that do move into yeah. the next round of the yeah. playoffs. Here. And and one thing, uh, and this is the fourth year of the same region setup. Georgia High School Association had always used two year classification periods before, and they're going back to that starting in 2020. But for the last four years, they've kept regions intact and schedules. Um, some of the non-region games have varied, but the region games have stayed the same and the region lineups have stayed the same. Uh, and this is the fourth year of that setup and the fourth and final year of that setup. Uh, Darlington, 6AA. This is the last year of power rankings <laughs> okay. to determine who makes playoff slots. Um and if we have time, we'll get into. Uh, okay, let's go into that. We'll make, we'll make that a little segue right here. I'm going to talk about Darlington. Of course, they're a private, and we'll talk about where they're going right. and what's going to be changing with that. John McClellan's here sharing his knowledge of football. It is high school football season. I don't care what the calendar says, it's always football season, but especially right now, we're getting ready to come back into that. Take a quick break, come back to more with John about the 2019 season. This is the Hometown Headlines Podcast Edition. I'm Ryan Simmons, Creative Director at Brand Red. We're honored to sponsor today's episode. If you're looking to grow your business, we help companies just like yours reach new customers. Contact us by visiting our website at brandredstudios.com or emailing us at info at brandredstudios.com. And welcome back to the Hometown Headlines podcast. Again, we're talking high school football with our local expert, John McClellan's here. I've been talking a lot about what's changed, new coaches, the first games of the season. We are just going through some of the double uh, A schools. We're right now coming to the folks um, a little friendly with my friends over at Darlington, the uh, single, uh, single A, actually, A private. But you were talking about there's some changes coming up, not this season, but next season. In 2020. This year, everything's the same. Darlington's still in Region 6A, which stretches from Gordon Lee in the north to Bowden on the Alabama border to your metro Atlanta schools. And we still, we're still doing power ratings. Yeah, you will still have a region champion uh, who gets the number one seed in the playoffs, but everything else is determined by power rankings. And Darlington, of course, has a local non-region lineup of Pepperell, Goose, and Sonoraville, and then they have the usual north subregion teams they face and and darlington they've got a lot of talent returning this year and should be very competitive mr Uh, brewster's had a very busy summer the quarterback yes very busy very busy summer a lot of a lot of recruiting (laughs) a lot a lot of travel there uh but that's what we go through this year 
next year is the reclassification period. And Class A is going to be affected the most of anybody. Uh, there's going to be next, next year a total separate, you know, you, you, for the last several years, you've had separate Class A public and private for playoff purposes. But effective, at least the plan right now, and it looks like it's pretty much final. It's starting in 2020, at least for two years, and we'll see how it works. You're going to have total public and private division. Now, they can still play each other during the regular season, but you're going to have private school regions and public school regions. So Darlington uh, is pretty much an island into itself up there for football purposes, except for Christian Heritage. Up in Dalton, and everybody else in their region will be those private schools down in the metro area. And how far they will have to go into that area to make a region? I'm going to use this question guess. lightly. Well, what is the logic of the change there? Is it just you know they, they think that the private schools have more? And you, it's been tough for years. You know, stuff. this whole thing started years ago when Tom Murphy was still. Speaker of the House, and Bremen at that time was a Class A team. And it didn't start over football. It didn't start over basketball or any kind of sports. It started over debate. <laughs> His daughter-in-law was the debate coach at Bremen at the time, and they were always getting eliminated, in the la- and they had always been pretty prominent in that area, but they got where they were eliminated by Pace Academy every year. And so... There was a move afoot, and so for several years there was a multiplier implemented where private schools had to count their students as one-and-a-half students, and so that forced those private schools into large classification. That went away. We came back to everybody in one region, and so then the, then you had the, there was a group of primarily South Georgia Class A public schools, although Gordon Lee, Bowden, some of those join in it saying, it's not fair for us to have to compete against these schools, and I'm using their words, that recruit yep. and have more yep. resources. Good point. And so then so they established separate public and private school playoffs. And um, then there have been some other little incremental changes in here. And so ne- this next year, which means you're going to have Gordon Lee trying Bowden – Mount Zion, uh, they're going to be they they obviously are going to have to go further south to get some teams into their region to have yep. enough schools to, to have just a class A public school. But in Darlington and Christian Heritage up in Dalton, same thing. I mean, I think- yeah. Although you although your private schools in there are enough private schools in the North Metro region that's yeah, small where point. you're not going to have quite the travel distance. Say that. Gordon Central is going to have to go in, go even farther away to get what they're talking about. Either they're going to have to go east into the mountain area or go south because there are very few Class A public schools in the metro. I tell you area. what, as a, as a parent of a uh, now-graduated baseball player on private A, I can tell you the back roads of North Georgia much better with those trips to Dade County and Gordon Lee and Bowden and there, there are some long road trips in those days. And so now it looks like they could be getting longer. Yeah, and there are going to be some other 
changes in reclassification, Rome will move into 6A. I mean, uh, uh, originally they were talking about going to six classifications, which means Rome would have probably stayed in 5A, but 5A would have become more larger schools. But they're going to stick now with seven classifications. Rome is far and away the largest school in Class 5A right now, not even – Nobody else is even close to them. It's an enrollment of about two thousand this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh, and uh, so Rome will certainly move into Class Six A, which will uh, Dalton Six A, but everybody else in Class Six A or Metro and and South. Well, you got North Paulding uh, in Paulding County, but uh, so and again, it will see whether Rome's region goes east into Cherokee for South counties like happened a few years ago, or go south into Douglas Cobb counties. But that's the Georgia High School Association's decision. Not we won't know that until next year, right? No. So. Calhoun, there's, a, there's an excellent chance Calhoun will move up to Quad A, both, both based on enrollment growth and based on the multiplier factor they're talking about putting in this next time. It's going to be a multiplier factor of not out-of-county students like they tried these last four years and that failed miserably, but it will be out of district multiplier. Okay. And and schools like Calhoun that have a fairly substantial number of students who come from kind of out, migrate. outside the city limits. Yep. And, well, because the school has built a, a, oh, no. built a reputation, academics, athletics, fine arts, and it's built a reputation over the year and people come in there. No, uh, you, you made a point before. Calhoun is one of the more desired school districts in this in this region. You know, Cartersville, Bremen, Carrollton, a lot of those city schools, uh, Rome ha- have have substantial numbers of out of district students, but Calhoun has more than more of those out of district students than anybody else. As far as anybody else, it's too early to tell where everybody's going to be. There's a feeling Rockmart will probably move up to AAA because Rockmart's enrollment has grown. Tremendously because the growth has been on that side of Polk County. Any of them coming down? I know. I know Floyd County Schools has seen a little bit of erosion in enrollment. Yeah, and there, there's been and uh, and it's hard to pinpoint why that is, but there has been decline in enrollment there. So Rockmart would likely move to AAA. Calhoun would likely move to Quad A. Rome a certain move to Six A, um, and and there may be some other schools affected too. And we'll just have to see how that all shakes out because right now they're 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 finalizing and tweaking the rules. Then they will in the fall after the fall FTE numbers are known. I think I think they're the end, the first of October numbers yeah. or the fifth of October. Then they'll place them into classifications, and then they will place them into regions. And you'll go through the appeals. So 2020, 2021 school year when all this stuff hits. Yeah. It doesn't affect it this year. Gotcha. What's going back to two? What's going to be happening in 2019 here? It's coming this fall again. Changes in football with coaches. We've seen some programs changing. Schedules are schedules are the same Uh, for the most for the most part. You have a home and away switched each other most of the time. For example, I'm just going to pull out uh, Cusa. This year they will be at home against Mount Zion Pepperell. Dade County Model and Gordon Central. They'll travel to Tryon, Darlington, Chattooga, or Murchie and Rockmart. Last year they were separate home and away. And that's true for the most part. There are exceptions. Uh, Calhoun and Ridgeland are playing at Barron again. 
and then Calhoun the next week will 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 host Theral two two years in a row because let's face it, Theral can make more money by coming up to Calhoun to play than what they would draw. No, at, good, at, good at home. Rome will host North Clayton two years in a row. Same same difference. Uh, North Clayton can come to Rome, and it's a win win situation for everybody in terms of crowd support. In Do terms they get a gate, share of the gate or gate, gate revenue? It's the they it's it's a contractual workout they work out between those between those schools, and it's 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 been a common practice in South Georgia for years. Those those big schools in South Georgia, like Valdosta and Lowndes and Cockwood County and Tiff County, the big four uh, down there in uh, South Georgia, they never they virtually never travel for a non-region away game. Uh, they they bring I mean once in a while they might do it, but for the most part they they bring in these schools from other parts of the state. They bring in there and say, you know, we'll pay you to come down here because, you know, they'll pull in eight, ten, twelve thousand That's incredible. fans a game at ten dollars a pop. No, that's and, incredible. Uh, because because they, they charge more for their gate prices. They they have huge ticket season ticket sales and it it's a win win for everybody because they don't have to put that huge football team with a hundred players and that huge band with, in Lowndes' case, 300, 400 musicians so on a bus. Or something yeah. Like that, so yeah, and they don't have to put them on on a bus to travel two hundred miles to somewhere. Speaking on buses, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. Let's talk about talk about the beginning of the 2019 season. At the end of the 2019 season, a new venue for championships. Yeah, it's going to Georgia State University. That's a nice change. Uh, you know, or is it? Well, weather-wise, it may not be. Yeah. But we'll have to see what the weather looks like. I think there's a certain allure and a certain a certain excitement about playing where the Falcons play, playing where the SEC championship plays. That was that was all the, always the excitement with the Georgia Dome all that time, and was supposed to be part of the Mercedes-Benz experience. The problem was two years ago we had the bizarre weather that yep. came up. And that forced um, all but what the first two games on Calhoun Friday Beach, afternoon. Yeah. You know, you had the Class A game, and then Calhoun's game got played in the dome. And it, I mean, I mean, in Mercedes Benz, and everybody else had to go to home stadiums. Last year, uh, and of course, it wouldn't be a problem this coming year, regardless of how the Atlanta United team does, because the, with the change in the soccer season, the, the soccer. National, uh, the pro soccer national championship game is earlier in the year, so it would not conflict with. It. But last year, it was scheduled for that Saturday, and that was a network contractual league thing. And whoever got to host it, yep, they were they were blessed with it in terms of a stock soccer season. But as far as the high school teams, they were stuck with it, and it forced them to move the state championship games to Tuesday and Wednesday. And the crowds, some of those were still pretty good, but the problem that the main problem is Mercedes Benz priced themselves out of the market. Um, I, I haven't, I can't remember the exact figures, but whatever the Georgia Dome was charging, Mercedes Benz was charging twice that. That's ridiculous. And uh, and 
and I'm sure the Mercedes-Benz folks could have made it work if they'd have wanted to mm-hmm. adjust the price, but apparently they were only willing to do so much. And so it's been moved to Georgia State, which will be a more intimate setting in terms of seating, probably 25 or 30,000 people in there. But you don't know what the weather is going to be like. It will be out of, By the way, it's a former former Turner Field. Yeah, former Turner Field, and it's where Georgia State plays there. And, and they've remade it into a very good – football facility um parking uh you know still parking is not ideal but parking will be less expensive than some of those um good point lots around mercedes-benz but you will be at the mercy of the weather there but it's going to be um i I think it's going to be something that uh well, well georgia state apparently is excited about hosting this thing and they're committed to making it work and that's half the problem. Again, I think Mercedes-Benz could have made it work. In Texas, those state championship games are played at Jerry's place. Yep. There in Dallas. And and whatever he he has to do, and, they, and the admission rate is, I think the admission fee is $12, $15 to get in there. And apparently they adjust the charge to the Texas High School Association down enough no, to, what to a thrill that, that would be too. Yeah, I agree with you there about you know playing. Let's go play with the Falcons. Play. Let's go play with the Cowboys. Imagine that experience. But, but and there's been some people thinking, well, let's move it. Let's move these things to Macon or move it to Warner Robins to somewhere central. Well, it may be central geographically, but it's not central population yep. wise. Uh, th- there was a time where half the schools were located in South Georgia and half the schools were located in North Georgia. Now 80% of the schools are located in the metro area. In the in the metro area or north or, or north or west of there. And uh it just would not be uh, then there were other people talking about playing them at Georgia Tech, Georgia. Uh, some people say, well, you, that wouldn't work with the natural turf services there. It works in the state of Alabama. Um uh, they rotate theirs on an annual basis between Alabama and Auburn, and uh, and they and they run seven state championship games, and they do all of theirs midweek. Really? Okay, yes, that's interesting. Yeah, they start on Tuesday night and run through Friday. That's odd. I I, I prefer kind of the Friday Saturday yeah. we used to have down at the dome. I mean, yeah, that just seemed convenient. You know, but, but I thought the Friday Saturday at the dome where you got to do five games one day, five games the next day was a. Um, I'm sorry, four games one day, four games the next day was an ideal set, set up. Oh, what a great day situation. for a football fan. I mean, you know, if, if you had the time to go out and do it, especially if you love high school football, never mind your own teams in there. That's all great stuff. John, final thoughts. Any any surprise you're looking at in 2019? Not right now. Oh, come <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. Let's go out of the limit. No, I mean, I'm not – I don't know that anything's going to be a surprise right now. We're going to take a look. We'll see who shows up. Again, it's going to be a, a big change. Like I said, I like when you started out this, and there's a good point about this. I'm really curious to see how Rome does this year with that much. I mean, Knox Kadem, all everything. I mean, what was he doing in baseball? We had What he had, uh, 16 strikeouts? He was a just star quarterback who's one of the hottest hands in state you know, baseball. Uh, I, you know, I, I was one, I was at uh, the game that he, at over at Legion Field here, and I was up there doing the game, and – and we were going into the last inning, and um, they were gonna they won't pull him out. And all of a sudden, they went over there and let Coach T-Check say, 
you know, he's got a chance to set yeah <laughs> set the school records. One more strikeout. So, uh, coach said, you know, you know, coaches don't get caught up in statistics yep. during the game. And Rome had a comfortable lead, but he left him in there and let him get that strikeout. And then he did relieve him for the last two batters because he he had set the school record. Good by that time because with pitchers you've got to think about how many pitches their pitch count because that determines how many days they have to wait between sure. where, the, where they can pitch again and there are all kinds of considerations and that was after he had tied the school record in a game over uh, in Bartow County when when Rome was out, forced out of his field but he had those you know game after game where he shined on the mound as a pitcher. Incredible. Yet he's going to play quarterback. Uh, but he hopes. Well, you know, there are a lot of a lot of competition, but but I haven't seen Knox Kadem not do. Knox Kadem's been able to do anything he set his mind to do. Not great young man. Point. We wish and, him the uh, best of luck. And he is just. Uh, and I've seen it all. <laughs> Virginia <laughs> Tech, it, right? Is that Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's already up there. I think he. I think he graduated on a. He graduated on a Saturday, and by the end of that week, he was there. That's amazing. That. Well, John, as always, great knowledge, great forecast. There's a new season coming up here. Uh, we'll continue to cover that for you on the website as well. Um, and I'll say this, though. I'll throw this out there. There's going to be some changes in some of the way uh, we do see football covered this fall in Northwest Georgia. A lot of rumors and contracts coming together. We'll have more for you on the website on that as well. John, I want to thank you for your time today. I want to thank Todd here producing this thing as well, keeping it straight, and our friends here at Brand Red Studios for producing this edition of the Hometown Headlines podcast. We'll have more coming up for you soon. Have a great day in Northwest Georgia.